0: Good morning to everyone. You know, I really look forward to this time to be able to talk to you about things that I've studied during the week and things that I've known over the years and things I want to, want to tell you about because I, I hope that it will in, encourage you and build you up in the, in the faith. <clears throat> now, life, our life is made up of relationships. We start out in a relationship between a man and a woman. When we come into this world, we're in a relationship with our parents. And as we move along during life, we establish relationships with a lot of other people. On the job, in society, in our neighborhood, we have relationships, and they don't always go well. The one relationship that we, we need to make sure it goes well is a relationship we have with God. And so... I'm not always up to it to make sure that it goes right. Matter of fact, I stumble a lot and I make mistakes and I hurt His feelings. Now, we usually don't think about God in terms like that. We think about Him being far removed from us and we're just down here doing things. But it, it he, he, He says, Jesus said, He is... Your father. He's your father. So when my kids do something wrong, my children, and I have children, three of them, they do something wrong and they have problems, especially when they're in my household. It hurt me. And if they do something wrong later on, it still hurts me as a father. So we have to keep in mind that when we're asking God For forgiveness, it's because we have hurt him in some fashion, and sometimes it takes us a long time in our lifetime. See if I can get this to change. Mm -hmm. There there it is. There, there's a problem in, in our life, and that is that there's always someone who does the wrong, and someone who has been wronged. The offender, which would be me. And God, who is offended. I've done something to hurt him. Now, as the offender, it may take me a long time in my life to finally realize the fact that I'm wrong. That I've done something wrong. Now, a lot of people go through their whole lives without that concept. And they live and die, never thinking they did anything to damage God at all. Even though he's our creator... He gave us life. Paul said He gave us life in all things in Acts chapter 17, 25. Life and breath in all things. That's what God gave us. He made us. He made me. I am His creation. And He says, He's my Father. So He has a, a stake in my life. He, he says, Bill, I, you need to do right things. You need to, you need to live properly. Don't, don't make mistakes. If you make mistakes, you're, you're going to have to correct those mistakes. In Acts chapter, Matthew chapter eighteen, verse seven, Jesus was talking about people who offended, did something wrong, and he said in at verse seven in in Matthew eighteen, that's part of where our text comes from. Woe unto the world because of offenses, for it must needs be that offenses come, but woe unto that man by whom the offense comes. So in my life, I am the offender. The problem between God and myself is not a problem from His side. It's my problem. I, I'm the one that created the problem. Romans 3 at verse 23 says, We have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. Now, we begin to think about this, and, and people will make this argument all the time. I, I used to think about it somewhat myself. I'm only damaging myself. I'm not hurting anybody else. You know, when we do something wrong, we're going to hurt somebody. You're going to hurt somebody. It may just be your mother that you hurt, but you're going to hurt somebody by doing something that's wrong. David, you remember when David got involved with Bathsheba, and he took Uriah, who was one of the captains of his host, Uriah the Hittite. And because David committed adultery with Bathsheba and Bathsheba was going to have a baby Uriah was all fighting battles and David did not want Bathsheba to be getting into difficulties and so he he sent Uriah sent a message for Uriah to come home and sleep with his wife Bathsheba so that she would think this child that's going to be born was his well it didn't work Uriah was a, was a uh, nobleman. He was an honest man. And so he didn't fall for it. He didn't fall for it twice. And eventually, he was sent back up to the front lines and David told his chief captain, his captain of the host, Joel, he said, uh, get him in the heat of the battle where, where everything's really going on and then withdraw and let the enemy kill him. Which he did. Now, David eventually came to the realization that he was wrong in what he did. He wronged Uriah, and he wronged Bathsheba. But you know what he said to God in Psalms chapter 51, verse 3 and 4? He says, I acknowledge my transgressions. My sin is ever before me against you, and you only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight. Now wait a minute, David. You sinned against Uriah. You hurt this man and his family. But David said, by inspiration, he said, I've, I wronged you, God. I, I sinned against you. So when I hurt you, you know what? When I sin against you, I have offended God. Well, I haven't offended God in, in the sense that you're God. But God looks down upon me and says, Bill, you're my son, What did you do, man? What did you do? I did wrong. To who? To my friend. Here's where I did the wrong. I make a mistake thinking that my actions do not hurt anyone but myself or the person that I've sinned against. But I, I don't live in a vacuum, really. And when we think about it in terms of relationships between a father and a child... We, think in the, we have to think in those terms. I'm hurting God when I'm hurting you. I really am. First lesson in chapter 4, verse 7 and 8, just to give it some import, scriptural import. It says, God has not called us unto uncleanness, but unto holiness. He therefore that despises, despises not man, but God who is also given unto us of his Holy Spirit. When I despise you, you know what I'm doing? I am despising God. Now, when I sin against others and I sin against myself, I'm hurting my Father, I'm hurting my God. And I only have to look to the cross to see that I've broken his heart. I broke his heart. I, I shamed him, and I shamed myself, and I shamed my Father. Now then, I'm the offended, and so I, I want I want God to forgive me. I, I want I want to I want Him to to be up to His word, and His word says in Psalms 107 at verse one, it says, "Give thanks unto the Lord; He's good. His mercy endures forever. He's merciful." So I look at that and I say, "Okay." He will forgive me. And you know, that's what Jesus said when he was on the cross. He said, Father, and he looked out at us, he said, forgive them, for they know not what they do. So I know from knowing God and knowing about God, that he's going to forgive me. He's going to forgive me. So as an offender, I'm going to ask my father to forgive me because, number one, now think about this. Think with you. I'm going to take you down the trail here in just a minute. The reason I'm going to ask God to forgive me is because I know He has promised it, but I also know some things about myself. I realize that I have messed up our relationship. It's on me. I did this. And so I'm going to say, Lord, please forgive me because I I was wrong. Please accept my word because I'm going to promise to you that I'm going to do better. Please look upon me. Don't don't be angry with me anymore. Please don't be angry with me. That's what we say to our parents, isn't it? I remember when I was a kid, my mother said, wait till your daddy gets home. Why? Because I had messed up. And what's going to happen? She's going to turn me over to someone who's going to punish me. Wait till he gets home. Maybe you've you experienced the same thing. So I'm going to say, oh, please don't. Please don't punish me. Please don't, please don't make me accept the punishment. Accept my word that I'm going to do better. Look upon me with favor. And forgive me, forgive me because I can't do any better. Forgive my debts. Now, in Matthew chapter 18, continuing in this same context that we're in, that our text is in. He gave, Jesus gave an illustration of, of a man, a, a, a Lord, or someone who had servants, of a man who had a servant who owed him 10,000 talents. I don't know what a talent was, but there was plenty of them. And, and he, he, owed him, he owed his master 10,000 of these things. And he said, he said, I can't pay. And the master said, okay, we're going to sell you you're going to sell your wife, we're going to sell your children, and we're going to take everything you've got and we're going to sell that and we're going to try to settle this debt. They used to do that, by the way. What, what he was talking about was indenturing these people so that these people were worth a certain amount of money because of their labor. So here he could, he could come along and say, okay, I'm, I've got these two people, grown people, and their children. I can sell these for so much and it'll take them this long for, to pay off this debt. Anyway... The man threw himself on the mercy of his of his of his lord and he said of his master he said please don't and he said okay I forgive you. He forgave the debt, you don't owe anything anymore. Well, that was nice, that was great, but then the man turned around, and he had someone who owed him ten of these things, talents, and he got a hold of his throat and choked him and said okay you're going to have to pay me I'm going to throw you in prison. Well, the Lord, the Master came back and took the man and put him in prison because of what he did. The the basic idea was that this man didn't have in, within himself the same mercy that he expected from his Master. And so there was a problem involved in that. And that tells us about what we have to do in terms of forgiveness as well. But what I want God to do when I'm asking Him for forgiveness, I'm saying, Lord... Don't punish me, please. And I can't pay. I can't. I can't go back and undo everything that I've done. One time there was a there was an old monk, and a fellow came along and he said, "You know what? I've been sped, spreading some rumors about you, and they're not true." He said, "I, I want you to forgive me, and I, I, I'll make it up to you." And the monk said, "Okay." And he said, come up on top of this building. They got up on the building. He tore a pillow open and he, he shook the feathers out and off they went in the wind. And he said, gather all those up and bring them back. <laughs> and the, the man said, there's no way I can do that. And the monk said, there's no way you can gather up everything you said and bring it back and, and make it good. So there's some things you, you just can't fix. You just can't fix. And so we come to God and say, I, "I can't. I just can't fix everything I did that was wrong. I can't do that." And so we're asking Him. According to that's what David asked. He said he couldn't fix this problem that he had with Bathsheba. So he said in Psalms fifty-one, verse twelve, he said, "Restore unto me the joy of your salvation. Please, please look at me differently and forgive me." God expects from me a serious response when he offers me forgiveness. And it's not automatic. I just don't come to him and say, forgive me. And he says, okay, Bill, you're forgiven. He gives me a way to get that forgiveness. There is a pathway to forgiveness. And that pathway is, first of all, he says, okay, Bill, you've been doing things wrong. I want you to repent. Repent. I want you to tell me you have changed your mind and changed your life. You're going to have to make a change. That's what John the Baptist preached, wasn't it? He came along and said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. In Matthew chapter 3 at verse 8, and by the way, before I say this, i want to say this. Saying, I'm sorry is not repentance. Okay. Okay. I said something bad about you to somebody, I'm sorry. That doesn't mean I won't say it again to somebody else. I'm sorry does not mean that I've repented. No, we have to... We, under, we I understand that. I'm the offender. I understand that. God, my, my Father, I understand that. When I repent, I, I mean I can see where I'm going wrong. I'm going to try to get right. Secondly, the next stage in our journey is that we must make a complete change of lifestyle Jesus talked about the fact that you do not take a patch and put it in a new garment, an old garment. You throw the old garment away and you get you some new trousers for instance when you change your when when I changed my life with God he wasn't asking me to darn my socks he wasn't He wasn't asking me to sew up my torn underwear. He wasn't asking me to put patches in my trousers. He was asking me to get a whole new suit of clothes. Make a radical, radical change. As a matter of fact, he calls that a new birth. We have to be born again. That means that I'm going to completely change what I've been doing before. I've decided, I've made the decision. I've said I'm sorry, but I'm going to go down a different track and now I'm going to I'm going to change and I'm going to have I'm going to embark on an upward trajectory of doing good. I'm going to start getting better. First John 1 verse 8 says if we say if we have no sin, we make him a liar and the truth is not in us. So that doesn't mean I won't be I won't be sinning, but I'm not going to I'm not going to continue to make the same mistakes. I'm not going to make sin my habit of life. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do better, Lord. And so, he's, he's offended, but he's saying, here's how you, here's how you make it right with me, Bill. Here's what you do. You quit doing the things you've been doing before, and you start doing better. He expects that. Now, Paul addressed this question, this, this situation. You know, we, we say, well, God forgive, forgave you. You don't have to really work that hard at it now. Well, sure I do. Paul said, what shall we say then in Romans chapter 6 verse 1? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin can continue any longer therein? I've been lying. What does God tell me to do? He's the offended. What does God expect me to do? Quit lying. Start telling the truth. I've been cheating. What does He tell me to do? cheating on my income taxes, cheating anywhere. He said, quit it. You offend me. And so I have to say, I I expect that. You know what? I expect that God addresses me in that way. I have to quit that. Now then, let's look at the last one. The problem we have with each other is that I've offended you. I've offended God And I've addressed that. But now then, I've offended you. And in order to understand that situation between us, and it's going to happen, when I do something to hurt you, maybe it's just to hurt your feelings. But maybe it's actually to do damage to you. Maybe I've stolen money from you. Maybe I've taken money from you under a false flag. Maybe I've, I've, uh, I've lived such a life that I'm taking advantage of you in a number of different ways. I borrowed money, and I've, I've promised you to pay it back, and I'm not going to pay it back. I'm going to come back and borrow some more. And I said, well, I, I need this money to do this and so with, and then I, I spend it on something else, and I come back, and I want some more. And I want some more. Now, the, the point is, as the offender, do I expect you to keep handing it out? Well, as the offender, their golden rule says, as you would have that men should do to you, do you also to them likewise. Do I really expect that? Basically, if I harm you, and I harm you with slander or libel or lies or defamation of your character, you know there's a difference between slander and libel. Slander is when you say it, and libel is when you write it. When I say things that are wrong about you and when I cheat you and when I steal from you, when I insult you when i when there's physical abuse involved, there's any number of ways that I can sin against you that I can offend you. I am the offender. What do I understand that's where we need to look at this just a minute. I understand that I have visited harm on you, and I have come to my senses in this, and i said i I'm wrong, I see where I'm wrong. I can see that. I understand that. Just like with God. When I offended Him, eventually, and we're going to talk about relationships, eventually, I'm going to have to understand, And maybe it, you you came to me. And that's what this text says. And there's another one in Luke chapter 17. It says, when your brother comes to you, and repent and ask for forgiveness the brother has said okay I recognize that I did wrong and they come and tell you here's what I did to you I stole some money from you I wrecked your car I lied I did a number of different things that I shouldn't have done I see my sin and I want you to forgive me what do I expect for you to do Now, the thing that usually confuses all this is that people seem to think that because you give me forgiveness, that you forget what I did. If I expect you to forget what I did, I'm going to have to wait until you suffer with dementia because you're not going to be able to forget what I did. You can't do it. It's not possible. It may happen, but you can't say, okay, I'm going to forget that it won't happen. So I'm not going to ask you to forget what I did. I'm I'm going to ask you to restore me to your favor and to your trust. I'm going to ask you to ignore your actions or my actions. I really can't do that. I'm I'm going to ask you to regain full confidence in me. If I'm not careful, I'm going to be asking you to do me a personal favor, lend me some more money. Trust me. Expose yourself and your family to my misdeeds. Am I going to ask you to expose yourself so I can damage you again by our relationship and by my misbehavior? Or am I going to ask you to let me repeat my lifestyle without any repercussion? You know, friends, that's unrealistic. I'm the offender. And it is unrealistic of me to think that I can put you back in that same situation. Reputations are built in a lifetime. Reputations are destroyed in the blink of an eye. And you don't rebuild that reputation again in another blink of the eye. It doesn't happen. So as the offender, I understand that I desire forgiveness from you, that I have sinned against you, and I have exposed a crack in my character. I've exposed it. In California years ago, and I, I can't remember the date, there was a dam above a, a certain area, a valley of California in the, in the uh, larger metropolitan area. There was a big dam up there, and, and the, uh, the rainfall had increased so much that year that the water came up to the dam and was going to crest the dam behind it and it started to crack so they had to let the water out I mean they let the water out as fast as they could and it really damaged a lot of homes down below it could have been worse if the dam had burst well okay here was a dam that had a crack in it so they released the water over a period of time it really made a big mess and then it eventually released enough of it so that they could get in and repair the crack and you know what the engineers did? Every time it rained hard and it, the water continued to rise and put pressure against that dam, they went and examined for that crack. They couldn't forget the crack. It didn't crack again, but still, they looked for the crack. When someone destroys their character, they put a crack in it. Well, I, when I crack my character... And you will it doesn't make you'll do the very best you can, but whenever I get under that kind of pressure, again, it may be drinking, maybe I was an alcoholic, maybe that when I got under pressure, I'd go out and booze it up and I'd come home and beat my wife and kids I'm, i never did that but but I'm just saying I, I, that could that that's the sort of scenario that happens, and so the the man convinces. Please forgive me. I'm sorry for what I did. And time goes along and, and time goes along. He doesn't really make a big change. doesn't quit drinking. doesn't give, get rid of alcohol. He just says, I can control it. But you know what everybody's going to look at? The kids and the wife. They're going to look at that crack. They're going to see, is he when he gets under pressure again, on the job, gets under pressure in society, gets under pressure with his friends, is he going to crack again? That's the point. So, I understand, because I've asked forgiveness from you, and maybe I, I told a lie about you. You're going, you're going to, in your mind, you're going, to wor- you're going to worry about me. What I need to do in order to make sure that I have your forgiveness and that I can come back into your, your uh, company and that I can be, I can, I can, gain some degree of respect from you, I'm going to have to live that down. I'm going to have to tell the truth all the time. And if I borrowed money from you, I can't expect you to give me money again because I failed to pay it before. I'm going to have to make some kind of efforts, personally because I've, I'm the offender, to help you have some confidence in me again. How about the offended? How how do you do? Now, I'm going to come to you and say, please forgive me. And I'm going to do it because I know you're a good Christian, that you love God, that you serve God, and I did something wrong to you, and I know that you're a decent person, you're not selfish, you're not stingy, you you don't begrudge me, I know you're trying your very best to do your very best, I'm going to come to you and say, can you forgive me? And you're you're going to say... I'm going to do the very best I can. Well, what, what, can you just forget all about this? Well, the answer, friend, don't worry about this. You, 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 there's no way you're going to forget that. But you're, you're, not, you're not going to hold grudges to the point that it diminishes your spirit. You're not going to be the type of person that says, I'm not going to expose myself again to a relationship that may hurt me. What you're going to do is, because that's what Jesus taught before, when he, when he said, turn the other cheek, he's not talking about letting this guy keep slapping you around. What he's talking about is, have a forgiving spirit. Have a trusting spirit. It may happen again. Don't let that one experience dwarf you over here. You can, you can change. You can be bigger than that. And you can forgive. But you forgive along the same lines that God forgive you. That means that you say, okay, I'm going to repent, I'm going to change my life, and I'm going to demonstrate. Now, here is Bill. I'm Bill. I have offended you. I've said, please, please forgive me. And I expect to go out and earn that forgiveness. Not the forgiveness, but the trust. I'm going to be a better person. And you just keep watching me. You keep watching me, and eventually... I will get back into your good graces. I will because I'll I'll live a better life and I'll show you that I've changed and I won't continue to do this. As far as you're concerned, the offended, you're going to say, I'm I'm not going to be a grudging person. I'm not going to be a selfish person. I'm not going to be a self-willed person. I'm going to be a forgiving person. I will do the very best I can to forgive 1 Corinthians 14, verse 20 says, Be not children in understanding. So you're you're gaining some understanding. How be it malice, be your children. So you don't want to be getting even with someone that's offended you. Luke 17, verse 3 and 4 says, Take you to yourself. If your brother trespass against you, rebuke him. If you repent, forget about it. No, it doesn't say that. If you repent, forgive him. Forgive him. You have a forgiving spirit. Okay, does that mean that he's been borrowing money and not paying it, now I give him some more money? You understand there's a path to forgiveness. Because the Bible says that we forgive others just like God forgave us. How did he forgive me? Well, he forgave me in this way I took the path. I repented, and I started to change my life, and I made a complete turnaround. And I'm doing better. So we forgive. Chapter 6 of Matthew, verse 14 says, If you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will forgive you. Now that's basically talking about the same thing. God forgave you. How did He do it? You forgive your brother. How'd he do How do you do it? Same way. You do it the same way. You have a forgiving spirit. And the brother that comes to you, the offender, if I come to you and I've wronged you, you have the opportunity, the, uh, the responsibility to forgive me as I make that progress. Have that forgiving spirit and uh, establish that relationship and keep it solid. You know, it's probably easier to maintain a good re- reputation than it is to restore one, to rebuild one. So when we think about doing something wrong to our brother or our sister in Christ or our friend, our neighbor, relative, understand this. Once we damage something, it's damaged for a long, long time. And it's through the goodness and grace of God we get forgiveness and the goodness and grace of our brothers and sisters in Christ who follow God to give us forgiveness. Let's stand and sing the song that's been selected.